Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. My wife and I, we love a good deal. We love a sale. When we first got married, our first year, we did the Black Friday thing. I know some of y'all did that. and It was 2008, and some of y'all remember that as a doom and gloom year, right? Because it was a financial crisis, and, and the, the, the stocks just bottomed out that year. But we saw it as an opportunity, right? One man's problem is another person's opportunity. And all of a sudden, everything was on sale because the retailers were trying to clear their inventory. So we did, we shopped at the premium outlets in San Marcos. If you have been there, I encourage you to go, uh, not with a credit card, with cash only, because, you know, there'll be a lot of favor in your life if you do that. And we shopped all night and we just love a good deal. And then when we moved to San Antonio, they have a, they have a store there. It's called Restoration, uh, Restoration Hardware, and it's an outlet store. And, and, man, this is where you can find great quality furniture for half the price. And back then in 08, it was even cheaper, and, and we were excited. We were walking around the store. This was actually fast forward to 2014 when we moved here, and we were walking around looking for a good deal. And we saw a chair that had a yellow tag. And the yellow tag is a great tag because that's a clearance tag. It's already 40% off, but now it's an extra 70% off. I mean, praise the Lord. It's like a manna from heaven right there that, that will disappear if I don't grab that tag before everybody else. Because that's what you do when you see a good deal, isn't it? You grab the tag. You're like, man, I'm hiding this. No one's going to find this. No one's going to find this chair. You know, you throw a kid on it. Hey, save this. Don't let anybody get it. Don't, don't move from there. I don't care how big they are. And, and you try to save it and you try to do it. And, and we got this amazing chair in our living room that was, that was like, I think it was $2,800 retail. And we got it for $240. Somebody. Somebody. Come on. So then Brandy and I decided we're going to try it again because we like to go in there and just, just see because one day our house will be all RH. You know, it's, it's going to be all RH. One piece at a time every four years is how we're going to get there. And we go and we're looking for light fixtures for our new house and we're, they used to be super cheap, mega cheap. And then we're looking and we're like, that's the price? That's the price? That's the sales price? That sales price is more than a regular price at a local hardware store. This is ridiculous. And and yet, Brandy decided to find a yellow tag. You know, it's like Easter's coming up. You know, we're going to hunt. We're going to see what's out there. And she's looking around, and she goes, babe, come here. Look at this. And I look. I was like, wow, that's a great deal. What's wrong with it? It, it was this ottoman, this gray ottoman, um, like toy chest ottoman thing. We're looking, we're looking for scratches, you know. You're like, there's something defective with this thing. This is ridiculously cheap. And so what I like to do is I like to grab the tag and then sneak it in with the other purchases, you know, and then maybe they won't notice, right? They're just like, boop, oh, wow, wow, that was a nice deal, boop, and, and do that. But Brandy has way more integrity than me. And she goes to him and she says, hey, um, this, this thing is, says this price, this autumn is this price. Is that the correct price? And you should have seen the salesperson's face like, 
Oh, no, that's not the right price. Who did this? Leroy did this? I mean, who, who is the one who did this? I don't, I don't know who did this. And you're looking for it, and they go, but because it's on there, we have to honor it. And I'm like, praise God. Praise God. Somebody give me a marker. I'm just going to write my own prices on everything. I see some of y'all do that. Come on, repent right now. You're in church. So, so we take it and we get this $800 ottoman. I mean, stupid. It's that much money, right? And, and I'm on a pastoral budget, so if you're buying $800 ottomans, do it. Do it. If God blessed you, do that, please. I mean, please. But I'm on a pastoral budget, so I need pastoral discount. And the Lord knew. Lord knew. And it was right there. We got this thing for like $45. It was crazy. It was crazy. Man. Something so valuable. And here was the deal. And, and the truth is, is I wanted to talk about how the kingdom of God is valuable and how you're valuable as well. I want to talk about the value of the kingdom and how you're valuable and you fit in the kingdom that is so valuable. You see, if God really did make a place for you, then you would have somewhat value if he's going to put you in this valuable place. And how valuable is the kingdom? Matthew 13, Jesus shares a couple parables or similes. And he says, verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I'm going to read it again because it's short and we can do that. Okay. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He found something valuable like a clearance tag. And he said, I don't, I, I don't want it to lose it. I don't, I don't want it to vanish. I don't want it to go anywhere. And he sells everything that he has and he buys this land that's holding this clearance tag. That's the kingdom of God, how valuable it is and, and how searchable it is. And if you find it, you, you begin to start, to start doing anything you can to possess it. The first thing you do is you first inquire about what's valuable. That's the first thing that we read about this. You, you inquire the valuable. You inquire the valuable. And, and, and this is valuable on the land and and then once you inquire the valuable, you, you sell out. You sell out. You sell all that you have so that you can therefore acquire the land that's in front of you. So as you look, you inquire what's valuable. You sell out everything. You zero out your bank account so that you can acquire that which is valuable. And this is what he says about the kingdom. I... I, I, I I want to paint a picture of how valuable the kingdom is. It's, he, he uses, he uses a, a treasure in a land, and some of us are like, oh, what kind of treasure perhaps could that be? Well, maybe, maybe like this. I, I grew up with a young lady, and we we're friends, and she was the great-granddaughter of the Yates family. So I grew up in Midland, Texas, West Texas. It's black gold. It's riches. It's wealth. It's uh, the millionaires, more millionaires per capita at one point in time. Very wealthy. My parents were social workers, praise God. I'm glad they chose that. Very wealthy. I hung out, I hung out with this young lady, and, and their story goes like this. In 1923, there were ranchers in Iran, Texas. 
As a rancher family, it was a hard living because to run cattle in West Texas is a very hard living because it doesn't rain that much. Therefore, the grass doesn't grow all that plentiful. And so when you run cattle, you have to, it's like, you know, one cattle per, per 10 acres, sometimes 50 acres or so, just so there would be enough feed for the cattle. And, and if there was ever any drought, then you would get behind on your bills. And that's this family, the Yates, they got behind on their bills. And, and they owed the bank a lot of money and they didn't want to lose this ranch. And around 1923, a, a few years before that, oil was found and discovered in Texas, as you may remember, or probably don't remember. And as oil was found, it was on the other side of the Pecos. Nobody drilled on this side of the Pecos River. And so with desperation, the, they just go up to them and they, they go to Transcontinental Exploration, I believe was the name. And they said, hey, drill on our land. We'll lease it to you. Just drill a well. And they begged this company, come drill a well, and, and hoping that there would be something valuable. And as the story goes, and where you know I'm already headed to is they struck oil. They struck oil a little under over 900 feet down and, and black gold just came up. It was just like people were raining paper, man. That's all it was. It was amazing. And, and, and they were ecstatic. And it was the largest discovery of oil to this date in the world. It was the, that over the next 60 years, in 1989, they hit their one billionth barrel of oil from this well. Well, how many of you know my, my friend was pretty well off, right? Pretty well off. That's valuable. I mean, could you imagine like in your backyard, you said, hey, come drill right here. And, and you see your one billionth barrel of oil, all this money. I mean, think about it. A billion times 50 is what? 50 billion. Praise God. 50 billion dollars. That's a lot of money in your pocket. That's a lot of bank. And this is what Jesus was saying. He was saying it's valuable. The kingdom of God is valuable. And when you find it, sell all that you have so that you may, may acquire it. He goes on and says in verse 45, he uses another simile. And I, I love that he did that because, because maybe that wasn't enough for everyone. You know, maybe that was good for a rancher or somebody, you know, who had land. But what about those who were in a ship? But what about those who were at sea? And so here's another parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. That he's inquiring of what's valuable. He's looking for this pearl. He's trying to find this pearl because a pearl meant wealth. A pearl was valuable. We look at pearls now, we're like, that's nothing. Pearls everywhere. There's pearls everywhere. I got pearl over here. They're, they're like cultured now. They're, you just grow them in ponds, you know, those oysters. You just, you know, put a little mussel or whatever it is in them. Watch, watch a pearl grow, right? And then, and then, you know, if you don't have a little tank for some oysters, you just... You just, you know, make it out of synthetic, right? And, and you just do that and be made of glass. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy, but, but, but pearls are, were very valuable back then. And, and the largest pearl that we know is in Ripley's, believe it or not, this pearl is, is worth $35 million. $35 million. That's an expensive pearl. Uh, how many of you know that you kind of go maybe swim a little bit to find a pearl like that? You, you actually may become a merchant yourself, right? You're like, quit this, you know, UTSA. I'm going, to, I'm going ocean diving. 
sign me up, scuba dive. And, and, and recently there was a man, a Filipino man, and, and he had a great pearl, and it was under his bed. He kept it under there for good fortune. And, and it, was, it came out of a two-foot oyster, over two feet. It was huge. And then his house burnt down. And the only thing that survived was the pearl. Because pearls are amazing, and, and they're resilient, and they're valuable. Well, this particular pearl weighs 75 pounds. Check it out. And it has a price tag of $100 million. How many want some of that pearl around your neck? You know, you just, I don't even care. I don't even, I don't even care. I'm hanging that thing. See, the merchant, he inquired about this pearl. And the kingdom of God, he, he, I love the fact that he uses a pearl because a pearl is uh, crafted by God inside of an oyster. You know, it wasn't something made by human hands. It, it was made by, 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 by God. He, he begins to craft it in there by, by designing it in such a way. And it's, it, it's, it's perfect and it's shiny. And it, it's, it's something that we look at and we, we stand in all of it. It's something amazing. And when you look at the kingdom, it's something like a perfect and amazing and shiny. And, and the kingdom is valuable. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I want the kingdom. I want the kingdom. When I talk about how valuable the kingdom is, it's like, it's like this oil well that's so deep, so large, it just keeps giving and giving and giving oil. You're like, I want that kingdom. I want it. I want it. If the kingdom of God is like that, but much better and much bigger, how much more would I want that kingdom? I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to go follow this. And I'm, I'm going to go acquire this. Whatever it may take, I'm going to acquire this kind of kingdom. A rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, he too wanted to inquire about the kingdom. So he went to this man who was talking about the kingdom of God a lot. This man who actually had signs of the kingdom made manifest the kingdom by healing people, by opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears, by raising the dead. This man who spoke so eloquently, but with amazing authority. So much authority that people would stand amazed and in awe, like, wow, this man speaks like I've never heard before. He speaks as though one with authority. As one sitting on a throne who could rule the lives of humanity. This is the king. This is the, the man that he was talking. And, and so in... Matthew 19, verse 16, let's read it. Now behold, one, now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. 
But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You see, this young man, he inquired of what was of greater worth, what was valuable, that which he called and deemed eternal life for, or a kingdom that will outlive us. What must I do to inherit this kingdom that's going to go past my mortal self? What must I do in order to guarantee a place of everlasting life? When Jesus told him what he was going to have to sell out to. When Jesus told him what it would cost. The man walked away sad. Because he had great wealth. How would he walk away sad? This is probably three things that I look at. One, he walks away maybe because of comfort. See, when you have a lot, you get pretty comfortable, don't you? I mean, all I need is Netflix, a couch, a roof, and some AC, and some food, probably takeout, you know? He's pretty comfortable. He, he had all the means of, of comfortability. I've I, I realized that sometimes your comfort can get in the way of the kingdom of what God has called you to do. You're okay just being okay. Second thing I see is, is probably that I would gather from here is convenience. But the man did what was convenient. He probably was going one path and walking this one way, and it was convenient to love this person, and it was convenient to not murder, right, and not be locked up, and it was convenient to not steal because he had money. There was a level of convenience that the man, I, I presume, had, had. And, and there's a level of convenience that I see that maybe we have that may keep us from the kingdom. You see, see it, it, it's not convenient to, to, once you find the kingdom, to, to, to go, well, man, I got I to gotta go sell everything. Have you ever tried to sell a bunch of stuff? I've been trying to sell this bag on Macari for like the longest time. I, I, I keep promoting it. I keep, I keep trying to sell it. it. It just was not going. I slashed the price so many times. This, this guy in Missouri. Landon is his name. He just got the best deal on a saddleback bag. I mean, the best deal ever. I was trying to sell that thing for, for months. Sell it off. Sell it off. It's not real convenient. And the other thing I see is compromise. Compromise. This man compromised maybe some of his life. Compromised in this way that my life's pretty good. I don't know if I really want to sell out to that life. I'm going to compromise for the life that I'm walking, for the path that I'm on. Uh, the kingdom, I mean, kingdom's good, but, but this kingdom right here, I like it. It, it. it fulfills every gratification instantaneously that I want. Until it doesn't. So the man walked away sad. I wonder if he was so sad that he walked away that maybe he woke up. And he got so low that maybe he realized maybe the kingdom was worth it. You know, the scripture doesn't tell us. But I think sometimes we do that. Oh, the, the, the pearl's great, but, but I'll just settle for this synthetic round piece of glass. That's just, that'll be fine enough. 
It looks like the real thing, you know. It, it, it looks like the kingdom, you know. Maybe I'll just settle for, for maybe just coming to church on Sunday, but, but not really giving my life to the kingdom. I'll just, I'll just come to church on Sunday, and it, it looks good. It looks right, but, but I'm not going to sell everything to inquire what he wants me to inquire, what he has us to inquire. See, he had a lot of worth, but not the worth that matters most. I think some of us may have some self-worth, may have some worth, but not the worth that matters the most, the kingdom and being in his kingdom. You see, the kingdom is valuable, but you too are valuable. You too are valuable, it says in Luke 15. Uh, Jesus talks about this, this parable about a hundred sheep and one goes missing and a good shepherd sees that one goes missing and he could have done what's comfortable, he could have done what's convenient, not look for the sheep, but I got 99, they'll have another baby, it's going to be okay. But what did he do? A good shepherd goes and looks for the lost sheep, he goes and finds the sheep because the sheep had worth to the full. You and me, we have worth to the fold. You and me have worth into the kingdom, and we're valuable in his eyes and his sight. It's valuable, and you are valuable, and he's going to pursue you. See, God pursues us. See, God inquired about what was valuable. Think about it. He inquired about what was valuable. He looked at you and said, you are made in my image. You are made in my image. You are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, that you are a reflection of God's glory. And I made you, and though you were separated, though you were completely separate, though you were cast off, though you decided to walk your own way like that wayward sheep, that I have decided to inquire about you and search you out and seek you out and find you. Maybe it was in your dorm room. Maybe it was on your house. Maybe it was at your workplace. Maybe it was at some party. But God started inquiring of you. And you, some of you remember that moment. Others, you realize this moment's just starting. He inquired what's valuable. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love, O Israel. I have loved you with an everlasting love. The people of God, the chosen people, those who I foreknew before they were born, I have loved you with an everlasting God. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you because I'm going to continue inquiring about you and I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to graft you into my kingdom that's valuable because you're valuable and you belong in this value system. So I'm going to send my son Jesus. This is what God said. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to empty my bank account by giving my son, Jesus, and letting him walk on the earth in a sinless form, tempted in every way. And he's going to instruct you, and he's going to tell you how valuable the kingdom is. But I want to tell you that my son is very valuable as well, and he's going to sell out his life and give his life as a ransom for you and me so that we may be acquired so that we may be acquired he sold out romans 5 8 but god shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners 
still filthy, still beaten up. Uh, we weren't earning it. We, we, we didn't have the bank account. We weren't the, the, the rich, the riches in the land per se. We weren't the pearl. And yet he said, I, I see the potential and I see what you will be. So I'm going to die for you so that you can come in. And when you come into the kingdom, that's where you're going to find true value. See, he acquired what's valuable, First Peter 1.18, knowing that you were ransomed for the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like the, that of a lamb without blemish or spot, that, that he acquired of you, not with silver or gold. He didn't buy the land. He didn't buy the pearl, but he bought you with blood. He bought you with a price. You see, the, the kingdom is valuable, but you're valuable. And he decided to give his son as a ransom to, to sell his son in essence, to sacrifice his son, that his son would be obedient on the cross to death. And, and in order that you and I may become the righteousness of God, it's a beautiful thing. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You were not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And in this context, that, that you were bought with a price, that you matter and have bought you and paid the price for you because you're valuable. So church, I just want to let you know that today. The kingdom is very valuable. So worth it. Start inquiring about it. If you don't know the kingdom, inquire about it. Ask the good teacher. Ask Jesus. The way you ask Jesus is you start, you start reading his word. You start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the accounts of Jesus. You start asking, Jesus, who are you? I want to inquire about this. And then, and then you ask him, okay, well, what do I have to sell out to in, order to in order to acquire you? And he's going to say, the only thing that you have to sell out to or sell is your life. That's it. Just have to quit doing your thing and quit being your king and let me be king of your life. That's it. Bow your knee to me. Quit bowing your knee to yourself. Place your faith and trust in him. That's what I want from you. That's what I've asked of you. So if you're here and you're like, whoo, that's a big price to pay. And maybe you're like the Luke 19, rich young ruler, and you're like, that's a big price. I, I pray that you don't walk away this morning sad. But if you do, I believe that God is big enough in his pursuit. He's going to reach you in the sadness in the parking lot. Maybe the sadness in three months from now. Maybe the sadness in three years from now. And when, you're, when you get to this place of brokenness and you realize that His irresistible grace is so strong enough and so loving enough and He has come looking for you and rescued you, you will surrender and bow your knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Church, would you stand with me this morning as we close? I want you to know that the kingdom is valuable. I want you to know that you are valuable. And that you're the most valuable when you're in his value system. 
when he adopts you as a son and daughter. He starts treating you like a son or daughter. Starts treating you like his kids. and It's an instantaneous thing. I love adoption. A lot of you know my story, but my dad was adopted. And the greatest thing about adoption, you, you sign a piece of paper, and all of a sudden, that kid's in the family. And the kid doesn't have to earn his way or her way anymore. It's like, I signed the paper, you're in the family. I signed the paper, everything I have is yours. That is the legal rights that God has given us for those who place their faith and trust in Jesus. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Turn to him. Bow your knee to him. And instantaneously you just see like I'm in the kingdom. I want to ask you a question. If you haven't, bow your knee to him. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, I want to let you know you can do that today. We're going to pray, and you can just say, I'm going to do that. And then it's an instant signature in heaven. And you're God's. It's a legal right. And you're like, I, I don't see him writing in heaven. I may not see it. That's where that trust comes in. That faith comes in, knowing that it has happened for you. And God's going to help you with that faith and that trust. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. and let, I want to pray for you. Two people I want to pray for. First, if that's you, uh, you haven't bowed your knee to Jesus, but you want to bow it today. You want him to be king. That's you. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you specifically. Thank you so much. Jesus, I just thank you, God, for the hand that's raised. Say, I want to bow my knee to you. I turn from my ways and I pursue you, Jesus. You pursued me. I'm just responding. So, Lord, I love you for the second group of people that I want to pray for is maybe you've lost your worth. Maybe you've lost your value. Maybe you, you're like, that's great for them, but I don't feel valuable like that. I want to remind you, his kingdom is valuable. You're in his kingdom. Therefore, you are valuable. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Maybe you're just having a hard time. Just don't feel it right now. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would give you a measure and portion of value and worth that only He can do. Father, I thank you for the hands that are raised. Our worth comes from you, Father, so I pray. Holy Spirit, would you breathe worth and value to everybody who has their hand raised, I pray for an extra measure. I may pray this week there would be something divine that happens in their life that affirms your love for them, affirms your grace for them, affirms your pursuit of them. 
they would be reminded today that Jesus, you paid the price for them. So they are of greater worth. Lord, I pray emotions would catch up with knowledge and knowledge would catch up with faith. Faith would start to believe. You are who you said you are. And you do what you said you would do. Father, thank you for your church, for your people that matter so much to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.